What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. going on everybody brian k james here and i'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by outlander media network outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web from the farthest reaches invading your space we appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness. Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They're a podcast host contributing to such programs as The Wine Up with friends to the show, The Alexis Maurice, as well as his own podcast, Talks with Trey. And I cannot wait to get to know him better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Trey Hollywood. What's doing? up, everybody? Hey, hey. How's it going? I'm good. I'm blessed. I'm glad to see another day. Can't complain about that. Um, but other than that, I, I'm, I'm really just excited to do this. Um, when I saw this opportunity come, I was like, man, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. So I was like, I had to, had to do this. So, But I'm good. How are you? I am doing well, very grateful. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking my call and making some space for me in your calendar. Thank you so much. No problem, no problem at all. So what are you most excited about in for, what are you most excited to come in 2023? Um, For me, um, life has been, I guess I would say maybe a full circle when it comes to just things that I'm trying to accomplish and things I'm trying to approach. I'm the, I'm the individual that's always trying to share light and love um, and give laughter to anybody and everybody around me. Um, I think for 2023, I just really want to continue to try to do that, um, show people the real me um, and, you know, and just try to show that every, I, I learned a saying from one of my favorite celebrities and she told me that she said, at the end of every dark tunnel is a light. 
And I always try to continue to be that light for people who may have a dark day, a dark moment. Uh, so I just want to continue to do that in 2023. Um, also continue to make my, you know, build my brand, um, make my platform larger, um, and just continue to be the best version of myself. That is incredible. Yes. What do you think you're leaving behind in 2022? Um, can we curse? No, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Please and thank you. We encourage that. Um, no, so really honestly in 2023, I'm just leaving behind all toxic um energy that that was that was trying to be in my life. Um honestly living behind all the bullshit that um that does not involve me, you know, and because you know you, you may have people around you and people may be in your life and they're not for you. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of every everyone, everything is a season, you know, and so people may be brought into your life to, you know, teach you things about yourself or teach you things about people. Um, and in 2022 was really just, um, it was it was a great year for me financially, um, spiritually. Um, it was just something that I was able to just tap in and just say, okay, this is what I deserve. Um, even at this age in my life, there were still times where I kind of like, you know, accepted bullshit, but I, I really believe in that in 2022. If somebody's not meant for me or something's not meant for me, it's not it's not coming with me at all so i'm leaving that in 2022 and i've been doing pretty good about it so far that's great i absolutely love that there is nothing more powerful than the word no being a complete sentence absolutely a full Uh, paragraph that word no is a full paragraph absolutely (laughs) (laughs) she is an icon she is a (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay she is the moment (laughs) she's the moment okay now (laughs) Now, for the people who don't know, mm-hmm. tell my audience who is Trey Hollywood. Um, Trey Hollywood is an individual that's from a southern city in Florida called Fort Lauderdale. Um, I was always the type of person that was into arts. Um, theater was was everything to me. Stage, stage was always everything to me. Acting was everything to me. Um, so in through progress and through that, like I went through, you know, school doing that, went to school for that. So it's just somebody who was always in the arts. Um, but I found a love in and actually creating different platforms because, you know, we're in a social media world now. And so I found a way of basically being able to do that in my craft if it's not happening on the stage, if it's not happening on film, because I've been in, I've been in stage plays, I've been in any films, I've been in shows on television, and I've been able to, you know, express myself in different characters to a way that I liked and ways that I didn't like. But when I, when I was able to basically say, okay, I'm going to transition that into being somebody who says, all right, let me do a podcast and make a podcast that basically talks about everything. You know, there are some that just talks about, you know, music and art, but I, I, I'm, I have show, I have episodes where I talk about mental health, where I talk about um, polyamorous relationships, you know, just, just being, being able to just be raw and real and talk about everything. Um, that just goes back to my whole, I guess, Southern roots. And, and that does make me Southern, right? When I'm from Florida, because I guess that is the farthest Southern state, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that that's me. I'm I'm a baby of um of three of my from my parents. Um, I love everything in music. Um, everything every every I love movies. Like that's my thing. I'm a movie buff. Like I literally go. If you wonder where I'm at on Tuesday, because and I say Tuesday because they they're six dollars on Tuesdays the movies. Um, uh, I would be at the movies. Um, 
So that's me really. Um, I love everything that has to do with probably nature. I don't get out to do nature as much as much as I like to because I'm in Austin now. I'm sorry, not in Austin. Wow, why did I say Austin? I'm in Houston now. Um, and so there's not many places where I can go hiking, but there are a few. Uh, but not as much as I have back home in North Carolina. Now, when I say North Carolina, I know you're probably like, uh, didn't you just say Florida? My Most of my adult life was in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's actually where I met um, the Alexis Maurice um, when I was in Charlotte. Um, so there I was able to do a lot of hiking because they had a lot of different mountains and stuff like that I can go to. Um, I think that's all that I can think of. Of course, if I miss anything, please personally ask me what you want to know. And I'm... I'm open book not what <laughs> <laughs> just first time describe the first time you felt talented um genuinely talented or when i when was the first time you personally within yourself were okay. like i can do this oh oh i'm good at this wait yeah. i'm I could, oh, I killed that. Like, when was the first time you really felt like, oh, you did that? I think it would have to be when I was in, hmm, I think, 10th grade. I think that's when we did Smokey, we did a, we did a, um, a show called Smokey Joe's Cafe. Smokey Joe's Cafe is basically a stage play, it's a musical. And I think the first time that I actually saw myself being able to do this was when I, when we put, when we did that, when we did that play. It was it was more it was so challenging because it was like so quick changing changes how we change the outfit and just being able to be on key with your with your vocals be on key with your with your lines and so that's when I knew that I could I really was this was made for me like this was what I needed to be doing um, I've always always been encouraged from my family because whenever we have like family get-togethers I was always entertaining everybody you know show everybody this right here do this this and that. Um, but of course, at that point, it's just family, right? It's family and they're, they're, they're encouraging you to do those things. But when I was able to do that first stage play, and I believe it was in 10th grade, it might've been ninth grade, but I think it was 10th grade. Um, when I did that, that's when I was like, all right, I'm the shit, I got this, I can do this. Um, Cause you got rid of the jitters, you know, I was able to be in front of everybody and I was able to say that I could actually perform in front of people and not be afraid. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. What's your favorite stage production you've been a part of? Um, so this one was probably... So I have two, actually. Um, there was one in my senior year in high school. Um, I forget the name of it. I think it was called The Other Man or something with man, but it was it's not a major play. Um, I think it was maybe something that was created by my theater, my theater teacher. Um, but basically, I played a blind man. Um, and really, I loved it because it was so challenging. Because in natural, when you, when you can see, you know, you you see every day, right? You don't really know how it is to be blind unless you're actually blind, right? Sure. So, I had to I had to probably for about four weeks learn the stage, learn the set with my eyes closed, so that it would be like I was genuinely blind because I didn't want it to be where it was like okay um he's opening his eyes okay he's peeking i literally wanted to have my eyes completely closed so when, when i was doing that i got my, my theater teacher told me basically um what i want you to do because a blind person doesn't walk around with their eyes closed right 
walk around when you're practicing for those four weeks with your eyes closed but when you're doing it have your eyes open but make it completely seem like you don't know where the objects are like you're completely blind so that for for me it was really it was really challenging, but it was really exciting because my, my my dad was there, my aunt was there. And throughout throughout my acting career, I didn't often get a lot of times to have my family there because just to give you, just to switch a little topics real quick, when I was 11 years old, that's when my parents got divorced. And so I was kind of going through this whole transition between back and forth between my parents. And when I was in school at these different places, I was partaking in, you know, different plays and stuff like that. So with my mom, of course, my mom being a single mom, she wasn't always able to come to my shows. But that particular show is like a lot of my family was there. And so it made me feel so good. So even if that production was as small as it was, um, as far as it's not being like an Annie or a Smokey Joe's Cafe, um, mm-hmm. it, it, that's a, those, those are large you know, productions. This one was smaller. Of course, it was at my high school, but I loved it because of just how I really took, I felt like I was a Denzel Washington. Like I was like taking control of his character. Nice. Um, I think my second one would have to be um, probably my freshman year in college when we did Annie. And I actually did not participate in like a role. I was backstage with Annie, but it was just so fun. All of my, all of us was just having so much fun. It just seemed like we were all family. There was no arguing. And I've been on some 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 stage plays and some sets where people were arguing, but this was just so fluent. It was just so much excitement. Um, everybody loved what we were doing. And we did it. We, we didn't just do the play, the stage play, just for like one. There were like multiple shows. So I felt like I was already in my limelight. You know, I felt like I was already in a place where I was like a Robin Williams. You know, I felt like I was doing these things. And so those two probably would have to be my most exciting that I did when it comes to uh, when it comes to stage um, for me. OK. Whose life story would you want to personally portray and who would you cast to play you? I already know who I want to play. Um, and I've been saying this for years. I've been trying to pitch it for years. My, a friend of mine, she actually used to cut his son's hair. Um, and, and honestly, it started because people used to call me that. When I was in middle school, I was a little chubby um, and I, I kind of favored him. And kind of to this point, I kind of do um, Sinbad. I really, if they ever do a biopic of Sinbad, I want to play him so bad. Like my personality is like Sinbad. If you know Sinbad, you know that he's a comedian, you know he's hilarious and he's just raw, you know? And that's just me. So if I could ever play anybody, if if that's my last role, I just want to play Sinbad so bad. <laughs> um, that, that's just that's just that's just something that I, that's a goal of mine. Honestly, it really is a goal of mine. I, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to pitch this to this man via social media, via connects that I have. Um, I don't know, I'm speaking it to the universe, I'm claiming it, it's gonna happen. Um, that's a goal of mine, playing him. I wanna be a producer on this. I wanna see this story happen, because I love, <laughs> I love me some Sinbad, baby. I love me some <laughs> I, li- I live for that. I, I'm gonna help you make this. We have to make this happen. Doesn't it, right? It has to happen. Like that man is hilarious. He's hilarious. Yes, he is. He is an icon. He is an underestimated icon. He is. He 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 definitely is. And uh, you know, recently he's been having his health issues and everything like that. But I think he's doing better. So I continue to pray for that man. But I would love to play him. And you asked me who would I want to play me. Yeah. Um. If I could pick anyone to play me, um, I probably would pick 
Are you talking about as an adult or a young? I'll let you choose one, the other, or both. So if I was to say as an like as an adult, I probably would say Taj Mahari. Um, he's very witty and interesting, like myself, um, and in certain ways. Um, I could see him um, being able to do my my mannerisms and things like that. Um, of course, I have to pick someone who's of, of lighter skin um, because I'm light skin. Um, that would be someone who I would think I, I, I would enjoy probably playing me. If it's a younger, um, I probably would have to say, uh, what's his name? T.I.'s son, I can't remember his name, but T.I. is a son that's done a little acting. I've actually met him on set before when, when I was doing a show, with, a movie with T.I. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, there you go. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I met, I met him on set and I think that... Run through all of them. Right, you're gonna run through all of them. <laughs> right. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna figure this shit out. <laughs> it's hard to remember other people kids' names, you know? Like goodness. Child, like, listen. I have one daughter and three dogs. <laughs> I have a name to uh, keep straight. Exactly. We call them my dogs names uh, the wrong names at times. You know how right. it's you know how we how you know how we do. Our parents used to call all, all of our names at the same time, but they only wanted one of us because they couldn't remember which name to say. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and I'm the youngest of nine, so okay. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I'll just already be there by the time she gets to me. I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm here." <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. that. Well, I heard yeah. you get to the fourth name, so I just came on over because I figured you was really getting to me. So, yeah, like I figured by the time you got to three, I was like, yeah, she gonna call the rest of this. Mm-hmm. Come on in. The- okay, yeah. So <laughs> I'm already in the room. Okay. Um, <laughs> how involved are you with acting today? Um, as of right now, I haven't been as involved. The last project that I did was 20, what, we're in 2023? It's just, we're early 2023. So the last project that I participated in was late 2021 into 2022. Um, there was, it's a web series um, called The Comeback. And I was in season, season one. Um, I decided to step back and not be a part of season two. And I'm be completely honest with you. This industry, when it comes to acting, is like a doggy dog world, or it's like a competitive situation. And honestly, I'm all about protecting my energy. Um, I actually get people reached out to me about the show, you know, just because they showing love, you know, from the show, and was wondering, you know, why I'm not on the, not on the show anymore. And I was actually going to share that on my podcast, but since we're here on the on, on your show, I'm gonna go ahead and share it. You know, just in case those people are listening and they want to know the reason why I did not return to season one I'm sorry to season two were for two reasons one is because I was wanted to really focus on on my platform and then I actually have my own web series that I'm working on as well um but also it was just it was just a combative it just seemed like a lot of um combativeness and it just seemed like a lot of messiness that was going on among the cast that I had to step away from and I don't I don't feel like it's a genuine situation. If I don't feel like it's a genuine situation um, with everyone, then I just separate myself from it. So 
that is why I decided to step away from the show. And I apologize to the supporters who actually love what I did in the show and love the show. Still support it. I have no beef with the creator of the show, um, but still support it and show them love. Okay. Yes, sir. What's your go-to song to audition with and what's your go-to monologue? Um, For song, it would have to be Love by Music Soul Child. Um, mm. I used to sing with my grandmother. My grandmother sung in the church. She actually taught me how to play the piano. Um, and I used to sing with her. And honestly, even with singing with her, I, I didn't. I didn't feel like I was a a singer. You know, um, I'm, 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 I didn't feel like I was a vocalist. I should say. Um, I think it was this one time where I got caught singing "Love." My cousin. I was sitting. In my, my I was in my aunt's house, and I was singing to the instrumental. And I was I was the only one home that I thought my cousin came in. And he caught me. But at that point, when he caught me singing and just how elated and how he said how good I sounded, I knew that that was my go to song. One, because I love music so child. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, but it was it was just the way I'm able to express that song. And I think it's because I'm such I'm a cancer. So we we love love. And, and for me, I was able to portray that song and sing that song in a way where I felt like that's actually how I feel you know and and when I say that because a lot of artists you know record songs and it's not really how they feel right they just record a song and put an album filler and you know that's not generally how they felt um and that's why it doesn't relate over to the artist I mean to the audience but for me that is a song that I connect with and so that's the song that I go to if I do audition for something or singing now acting wise for a monologue do you ever watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Absolutely. Do you remember the episode where Will Smith broke down to Uncle Phil? Oh my God, tell me it's the Waddle episode. Tell me it's the Waddle you yes. will. Why, why don't you yes. want me to Yes! <laughs> yes! That is my go-to, because let me tell you, I tap in. Tears coming and everything. Um, yes. I remember the first time I auditioned with that. And yes. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I was like, he's either talking about the father episode or the one where he got shot from Carlton when he was oh, laying in there. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember that. So, <laughs> yes. I, I've totally done both of those monologues. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I, um, I, I remember my first time actually auditioning using that. And I kid you not, I was, of course, they had us in the back. But everybody, like, it was so many people that came in when they heard me. They thought, like, it was a commotion. Like, what's going on? I knew that from that point, I was, all right, this is what I'm using for now on because I, I, I fucked this up. I did that. Like, I, I gave Will a run for his money. And, okay. I, and, I, and I always try to try to tap in to anytime, I, anytime I, I do something like that or audition for anything, I try to always tap in. My father and I are best friends. Um, like him and I have the closest relationship. And so I, I, I don't, I, it's not like I'm tapping in because I, I'm, I'm feeling what Will felt with his dad. But there were points in my life when I was younger where I was wondering where my dad was. You know, he, he had his life that he was going through when I was younger. And so that's what I tap into. I don't tap into the current, I tap into the past because there were times where my dad was at home when he should have been home. You know, he was, you know, out in the streets, you know, and that's what I tapped into. Um, so those are my two. Love by Music Soul Child and Why Does My Dad Want Me? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I love Will Smith, by the way. It's my favorite. <laughs> love. Shout out to both of them. Great choices. Yes. 
Now, when did you discover your gift of gab? Um, late. Probably mm. like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I can probably mm, my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my early 20s is when I when I when I realized it. And I say that because let me see. How do I want to say it? Let me think about that one. Okay. Because I want I want I want to make sure that I that I um you know give that say that correctly. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. Of course. Okay. Now, when did using your voice become a career path outside of acting for you? Like, when did you using your voice and your personality just as yourself? become a career path for you um it probably would be when i've always been the type of person that always was vocal um and and that's what sometimes got me in trouble in school uh shit that sometimes got me in trouble at work i was always the person that would speak up for the whole class or speak up for the whole um you know work you know staff you better unionize and i had to be like trey shut the fuck up like you know you gotta speak for everybody so he said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that and I'm speaking for everybody in here when I say the I way spit, you manage I Susan is wrong <laughs> yeah I've always <laughs> always been that person so I think when when I actually was able to um, start doing this the um, you know the wind up with, with, with Alexis Maurice that gave me a way to actually be able to put it out there um, and you know let people hear me vocally see what I think it took a little. It took a little while um, for me to get, you know, a lot more comfortable because Maurice is, a, you know, he's a, he's a very strong and he's very he's very vocal, just like I am. But we're two different personalities, and I think that's what kind of what makes it m- makes it work the way you know us working together because he's just so he's just so bold and you know vibracious, and I'm and I'm just you know I'm more like you know chill, but I speak what I gotta say and I'm cutthroat, and this is what it is. So. I think once I was able to start doing this this show with Maurice, um, it, it allowed me to be able to um, open up and become more vocal the way I am now. Um, so that would have been the year, I can't remember the exact year, but it would have been the year that Destiny's Child performed at the Super Bowl. That was actually the first time we decided to do the show. We actually did it that night after the Super Bowl. Um, and then from there, it was just, you know, just boom, just continued on. Yeah. I'm back. Tell me what's the difference between how you approach doing the wine up and how you approach doing talks with Trey. So for me and for him and I, we with the wine up, of course, throughout the week, we, you know, we discuss topics. You know, we have a we have a um, a share file that we discuss topics that we want to talk about. Um, he'll, you know, he'll say, no, he don't want to do that. Or I'll say, no, I don't want to do that. So throughout the week, we build up our topics to where we're going to record. And so then we then we meet and we talk about the topics and and, and talk about kind of what we, the, the points that we want to talk about in the topics. And that's how we do that. But for my podcast with Talks with Trey, I'm also, I, I get a topic. I do a little bit of research or whatever I need to do for whatever I want to talk about. And I'm just, I'm just here. It's just me. And I'm just talking from the heart, from the brain, from the experience, and I'm just giving it to my, my listeners raw and real. 
So I, I prepare in a way with talks with talks with Trey to where if I have to do research, say for example, the episode I did with mental health, I did a little bit of research, of course, the things that I needed to know for mental health, how people can reach out and things like that. Um, but then I talked about what I knew from my mental health, from people that I know who had mental health issues and just giving my my opinion on on things that can affect and things that can help. That's how I do with my with, with talks with Trey, but with the windup, we do we do research and we talk about the topics they want to talk about and we talk about points they want to talk about with those topics. Um, so that's what kind of makes those two different. Um, and then of course, of course, with um, with that you have with the windup you have two people. Um, with the talks with Trey, you just have me. So it's kind of like a spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Do you have a wine preference? Um, as long as it's red and it's sweet, I'm good. Y'all, yeah. this red wine. I'm telling you, red wine is the way to go. Aggressive. I know, right? Aggressive. <laughs> if I want, see, if I want, I don't drink wine for aggressive. Like if I'm a like, like if I want aggressive, I may as well just drink liquor. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what we. That's what you do. <laughs> Like I may as well just drink liquor because I drink brown liquor. So if I'm gonna go aggressive, I'm just gonna just just gonna go there. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So like for me, like it doesn't have to be like sweet, sweet because I'm not. I don't want to drink juice, but it has to have like a, a sweetness to it. I do. I do have um, uh, a couple, you know, uh, bitter or yeah, bitter wines that I drink, like a Pothic Red. Um, but I like a. I like a. I like for it to be sweet. If it's not going to be sweet, it definitely still has to be red because I can't do um, white wine, sour, or dry. Oh, yeah, dry. Like it, has, it has to be red if it's going to be dry. I'm scared of you. Yeah. And I and I feel you on the dark liquor because that's how I am too. When I hit my 30s, I, I left that clear liquor alone. Anytime I do it clear, it's <laughs> if I get a margarita. I beat you, child. I switched over in my late 20s. I was like, listen, I'm... <laughs> because <laughs> I've always projected myself to be at least 10 years older than I actually was mentally because I'm gotcha. just like I just was born in the wrong generation mm -hmm. so, well, I've always just like like I'm 31 but I project myself to be 45 oh, okay there's no wrong with that no wrong with yeah. that at all like, like I always say that if I was born in 1971 instead of 1991 it would have been a whole different story for me mm -hmm. like I really been the black Oprah Okay. But <laughs> I did that. I did that. You still can be. Hello. It will be, but Hello? it happened, you know, a lot sooner. Okay. There would have been trust in place already, but we'll get there. Anyway, <laughs> I feel that to say like I uh, lost my train of thought. Oh. But <laughs> hey, that happens. It shows you're human, okay? very that mm -hmm. I, I just you know pass as an android but you know not an android oh my god you, you, do you have an android phone no not at all but i am a dragon ball z fan okay i dig that nope yeah. nope yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so until <laughs> <laughs> you said that i never realized how somebody could interpret that i never thought about that i I just thought me saying that I'm in it. See, that's how I know that I'm starting to be the old bitch in the room. <laughs> when I just assume people just get these references that like are older than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, children. Grow it's up. okay. It's all right. Well, we're putting y'all on. You're putting y'all on. Y'all y'all getting educated right now, okay? You're getting educated by 
You getting educated you, by an educated black man. Right. That's that's why y'all y'all tune in for the references and the reads. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite episode of the wine up to do so far? Ooh. Um, we recently did one a couple months ago because we haven't been recording in a while but uh, we did one where we were talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta okay um, and I went in on Marlo I went in on Marlo Hampton like in even Maurice was like what the he's like Trey what 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 happened he's like you just went off what <laughs> happened <laughs> <laughs> he was like damn you can't prepare to read, read I really was because I don't I don't like the the character I don't like the person that Marlo is or has came or has always been um, and I think that episode probably is one of the most fun because I, I came ready to read on that episode there's also another one where we did um, years ago where we had a guest host on there um, and it was it was fun because it was the three of us but it was just the three of our energies. I felt like we were on a talk show. Like we were we were on a stage at a talk show. It just felt like a cast of three, three, three men talking about some real shit. And it was, it was, uh, it was that was probably one of my favorite episodes as well. Um God, that was that was exciting. You just took me back with that one. Love that. Sometimes I go back and I watch old episodes and I'll send it to him and be like, Do you remember this? Because we used to boy, I tell you, if you go back and watch them old episodes, don't go back and watch those other episodes, by the way, y'all. Do not. I think I think the first episode I had blonde hair. Oh my god! I let changed man. Okay, listen. We all went through that phase. We <laughs> all went through that phase. Like, <laughs> and I went through it hard. I spent a I spent a good amount of my twenties with blonde hair and several different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. You got to try it out. You know, say so you try it once. You know, I had I had a, I had a high a real big blonde and I had like a brownish blonde um okay. then yeah I I just now I'm just to my my buzz cut in black so yeah as somebody, blonde. as somebody who went through an era with blonde hair do you find you like never want to change your hair color again and like you only stick to natural hair color yeah, I find myself deciding that I'm gonna to stick to a natural hair. I, I used to have hair, so I always thought about, I always thought about growing my hair back, um, back out. You know, give it a different look. But then I was like, I do not like the ugly stage, Mm-mm, not at all. You know, and I was like, man, sh- let me try to go out and find somebody and going through this ugly stage, and it ain't gonna happen. So, nah, nah. I decided I'm gonna stay with this black hair, and I'm not gonna grow my hair back out because I'm not going through that stage again. I absolutely feel you. Like, people think I'm so strange now when they're like, why don't you do anything but black hair? Why don't you ever change your hair color again? I'm like, because I spent like five years with platinum ice blonde hair. Yeah. I I, I, I just, I can't even, I I just, I I don't, I just. Don't don't stress me out. Right, like I feel like you're threatening me. Like I feel, like I feel threatened. Like, 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 like I feel backed into a corner. I feel peer pressure. <laughs> like back up off me. Like yeah. I, we ain't doing that right. Here. But yeah, so shout out to all the people who still change their hair color. God bless you. Shout out to all the men with blonde hair or that had blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, and shout out to the people who still wearing those um those contacts. Ooh. 
those contacts. Shout out to those people too. <laughs> Now that was messy, wasn't it? That was messy. That was Talk <laughs> about putting the mess in the message. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I agree with you. Y'all really need to cut that color contact shit out. No, no shade. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but since you brought it up, <laughs> uh, it's 2023. Let go really, and let God. Because really, like. Any eye color outside of having brown eyes is technically considered a genetic mutation. So mm-hmm. y'all to stop trying to like, girl, like if y'all really want to be normal and assimilate to, to something, then y'all need to assimilate to the brown eyes that make y'all quote unquote normal biologically yeah. and stop trying to be a damn X-Man. The yep. fuck? That's what, it, that's what it is. They want to have mutant powers, do mutant things with mutant color eyes. Like I saw somebody the other day that was like dark skinned, mm-hmm. and they had like it's like an ocean blue color contacts, and I was like, "What are we trying to accomplish?" Like, are you from that part of the world where that actually happens? Because there are black people in very remote parts of the world that actually do have blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh yeah, no, they are. However, I know that this person doesn't have like, like I just know that this person doesn't have blue eyes because I've seen them before with just some regular color eyes. Like, didn't you just have gray eyes last week? (laughs) (laughs) You remember that episode of The Parkers when Kim went missing and she was like, have no when um when um Kim ran off to get married and Nikki showed up to the wedding chapel like oh yes girl with green blue or hazel eyes <laughs> yes <laughs> the description boy I say the description yeah. I do remember that episode yes. it's like nah don't be trying to justify you wear some contacts with some natural shit that happens in Sudan or somewhere, wherever that happens, I don't really know. I don't think it's Sudan, but I could be right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Homework, children. But I'm saying there are remote parts in the world where black people do naturally grow and are born with blonde hair and blue eyes. However, yo American ass mm-hmm. had hazel eyes two days ago. That part. And yo had Kool-Aid red hair two weeks ago. That part. So we're not. So I'm trying to be, I'm trying to understand where is this coming from? We are not justifying genetics in other parts of the world to yo dalliances in Walmart and flea markets. Anyway. (laughs) Or the swap shop. Don't forget the swap shop. You know what I'm saying? Swap me, chop shop. Drop top, oh, all that, <laughs> all of that. Yes, you know, dollar. You know, is the so, underground popping? It might be. For all we know, girls, drop down in the comments to let me know is the underground still popping. Anyway, you know bulldogs is. They won't let that go. Wow. I keep trying to tell them bull, bulldogs need to be bulldogs. Okay. Oh. Listen, those <laughs> you said it, not me. I did, I did. Now, what are you most looking forward to bringing into the next season of the wineup? Um, <laughs> this is gonna seem messy, and it's what? not. So I love you, Alexis Maurice, but um, more consistency. Okay, um, that's even <laughs> with talks with Trey. Um, <laughs> a consistency. 
um, we've had this whole thing where we 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 wanted to do this and do that, and our schedules is just so. When I say from his schedule to my schedule, it's like he's up when I'm asleep, or I'm 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 doing um, I'm in school doing this while he's doing that. It's just like it's just so such a mixture, and I honestly have to cut back on some of the things that I'm doing to make myself more available to him. So more so, it's probably more so me because. He, he can arrange his schedule better than I can for himself but for me uh, when I'm when I have all this going on it's like okay I, I got this going on and then we're not able to so I will honestly say more consistency um for the listeners because there are people who I actually have reached out to me is like hey when are y'all recording again I've actually posted like throwback you know throwback Thursday videos of some of the episodes and people are like you know when are y'all gonna when are y'all gonna have another episode so honestly it's it's not just it's not just me saying that is not me because I have I play a part in it. It's probably it's just really more consistency, um, more laughter, and just him and I just being able to make because we really want to make that brand larger. Um, you know, we when we started doing it, it was really just an idea. Um, we were basically sitting there. Our his my his cousin was recording us with an iPad. That's where we started, and then we just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's what we want to continue to do. We want it to eventually be something where people are um, able to look forward to a new episode and, and it's there, you know. Um, so that's just my hopes and aspirations for it. It's just in 2023, it's just to be more consistent with with us being able to put it out there for people to listen to and watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Describe the key to your synergy with Maurice. What do you think plays the biggest role in your working relationship um so him and i met through his cousin mm-hmm. and um there's like a there's like a group a group of us like a group of um of friends and him and i have a connection that's really indescribable and is really untouched um i love that guy with all of my heart and he knows a lot about me that some people don't know um he's one of the individuals that you can go to and you can talk to and he if it's really needs to stay between you all it's going to stay between you all um and that's one thing that i really appreciate from him and it's the same thing with me like if like we've had conversations and he shared things with me and it won't go nowhere else um i think the the trust that we have in one another the the faith that we have in one another um and the drive that we both have really makes us successful together because we genuinely care about each other we genuinely love each other and he's the type of person that I need in my life you know um not just for a a aspect of like me you know you need somebody but I need someone in my life like him when I say that I say because he's genuinely an amazing individual uh he would give you the shirt off his back um if needed you know and I don't need him in my life because I need to sharp his back. I need my life because I need people like that, you know? Um, and that's what really makes us mesh well together because we completely understand each other. He puts me in my place when I'm wrong and I put him in his place when he's wrong. Most of the time it's off camera because of course, you know, we don't want people to think we beefing because we, we never beef. Um, but I think that's what makes our, um, our synergy work because we understand each other. We know when, we know when and what to say with each other and it just works yeah i love that yeah i 
love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us about Talks with Trey and how you came about putting that show together. Absolutely. Um, funny story. So I actually work in property management and real estate. And mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of trying to create ways to, you know, um, you know, broaden the the ability of me getting leases or selling homes or the case may be. So in the middle of COVID, and I and shout out to COVID, even though a lot of us hate COVID, you know. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to COVID. Hobiana 19 and a half, girl. <laughs> woo, woo. I see you over there, girl. I see you over there doing that. <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. Look, I'm telling you, when COVID happened, um, I I was working at a property, which is a brand new property that was um, built in Charlotte, North Carolina. And of course, a lot of our, a lot of things had to change. We couldn't do tours anymore. We can't really interact with people. So we created a um, a YouTube. The YouTube that we created was basically us doing tours of the apartments so that the apartments can be leased out, right? Same way with homes. You you post that on on YouTube or social media. I came up with this thing with my residents called Talks, you know, Talks with Trey, you know, um, and it was basically like a live review. So, you know how you people search for an apartment, they go on Google and they search the reviews and everything like that, right? Uh-huh. Because they want to know what the residents say and what people's experiences are, blah, 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 blah. Well, we live in a social media world. So I said, hmm, for my, my property's Instagram, let's do live reviews. Let's interview residents and talk to them about why they decided to renew talk to people about why they decided to lease you know at the, at the apartment and so when I started when I started doing that I was like hmm maybe I should do something like that for myself because people like to hear what I have to say and I don't know why people think you know I, I, some people say you have a nice voice it's a good voice for the radio it's a good voice for a talk show and then some people say you really have things to say I'm gonna tell you this um when I decided to to start giving encouraging words it started on facebook uh, i often will post things on facebook you know just encouraging words and things like that and i never knew how it impacted people until i decided like i would say i'm gonna delete my social media because i just needed that time away and then people would reach out and just tell me how much they needed or they they liked things that i post whether it was making them laugh whether it was making them feel comforting but it was it wasn't until 2021 i have an aunt that passed away from cancer um and she, I never knew until after she passed away, my cousin told me that she looked forward to my posts on Facebook every single day while she was going through her chemo, when she was feeling sick. It said, your posts on Facebook, she told me your posts on Facebook would get her through the day because it made her laugh. It just made her feel better. And like, she was like, she basically told me, I want to thank you cousin for being able to post that out there and allow my mom I felt like that helped my mom live longer than she lived when she told me that I knew that the things that I say and the things that I do impact people yeah so that's when I said you know what I gotta take talks with Trey seriously I gotta talk about topics that people want to talk about that make it uncomfortable for people to talk about or just make people just want to think so that right there is what really made me say you know what I'm taking talks with Trey to a platform rather because i used to just do it on social media i would record videos and post somebody no i have to find a platform for it so that's why i found um anchor and and you know it's through spotify and i was like let me just do that and see where it goes and it's been doing pretty well 
I'm, I apologize y'all for not being as consistent as I should be, but I promise you, promise you, I will this year. I will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shout out Anchor. Hey, neighbor. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what want this show to take you? Um, I don't know. So what I try to do is I try to go into things with, without expectations because if you go into things with expectations and it don't happen, I'm a firm believer that you're going to be let down. You know, um, that's just like even with relationships. You know, you start off a relationship and you want this. You know, you know what you want. You want to be married. You know, you want to have this type of marriage and blah blah. But I try to go into situations without expectations, like a new job. I try not to go into you know this and this and that because I don't want to be let down. I don't want to be disappointed. So for this show I, i'm going i'm going into it with the high hopes of that i can just be able to let touch one person um or or, or just make a change in one person's life um and i felt like i feel like that is what i'm going to be able to do so as long as i can do that as long as i can have one listener that says thank you for this or, or you know what that made sense or this was right and that's 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 okay that's enough for me because i don't want to have those ex- expectations and then be let down so i try to live my life that way without 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 the expectation of things happening even though the pastor did say on on the first sunday this this year that have expectations but i just think that he made a different way so i'm not gonna have expectations of certain things because i don't want to be let down if it doesn't go the way i expect it to be sure so yeah I just hopes I have hopes and goals that I wanted to be able to touch people in in um in ways that that is meant for, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to have the expectations because I don't be let down if it doesn't. Yeah, I understand that. I totally kind of have that mindset with this show where you know there are goals and things that I want to do, but I don't necessarily have expectations as far as like numbers and mm-hmm. goals and things like that. I kind of just live by it if you build it they will come Mm -hmm. type of thing and you know i feel like you know having a strong work ethic having a unique voice within a relative conversation and consistency is gonna you know take you where you need to go so far good we'll see what happens that's good (laughs) wishing the best number the best thank you likewise thank you what's been your favorite talk with trey so far um it would probably have to be the <laughs> well, i would have two one of them was the ep- no no I, one was the so do you remember a couple months ago there was a video that went viral of tracy ellis ross when she was talking to kevin hart and i don't know if you saw this video but she was talking about how she would love to be in a relationship but she doesn't want to be in a relationship just to be in one i don't know if yeah. you saw that Absolutely. Yeah. So I kind of had a response to that. It's kind of like it was kind of like Trey's two cents, basically. So basically, my my I did a response to that, and every a lot of people really love that episode um, because I talked about what I thought about um, about dating and how it is to date in, in in this in this world. I think that probably was my most favorite episode. The one that I probably really dived deep was um, was the um, the sex episode. I did a sep- episode about sex. Um, talking about the, the the stages of sex or the stages of dating, I should say, and the intimacy of it all. Um, that one was a good one. Um, I also did the... Um, I really enjoyed... I did an episode about Will, the Will Smith situation when he slapped Chris Rock. 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people honestly actually didn't like that one, uh, but I really love that one because I was passionate about that because that's my guy, you know. <laughs> I got some feedback for that one, and people was just like, uh, "They're against Will, but how can you be against Will? He was defending his home, he was defending his wife, but whatever." You know, um, but my probably my most favorite one would probably be the one where I did the response to um, Tracy Ellis because I talked about, oh, no. OK, yeah, that, that was my favorite one. But I really, really enjoyed ghosting. I had an episode about ghosting. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite one. I did an episode about ghosting because I was really pissed and passionate in that episode because I've been ghosted. And I just don't understand people who do the ghosting. Um, so it was, it was between the one with Tracy Ellis Ross response or the um, the ghosting. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny that you bring up Will Smith. That's a sore subject for me when it comes to content creation, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Because I had a very um, intense reaction to my coverage of the Will Smith slap as well. And okay. I think we got backlash for two completely different reasons. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, we'll just leave that there and say, okay, it. all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I, <laughs> I feel like you don't want to. I feel like you don't want to leave it there. I really don't. But we, but, but we don't. But but no, mm-hmm. no, okay. no. All right. And I'm really trying to do better. I'm really trying to, you know, just keep the mess in the message. In the message. In the message. Okay, we'll leave it in the message. And I done left that message in 2022. Y'all can go back on my YouTube channel and listen to that. I'll send you the videos after this and then we can talk offline. Okay. We'll get messy in the DMs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What conversations were you looking to have going into your show versus conversations you want to have going into the wind-up? Um... With with the with the talks with Trey, I just wanted to be able to. Um, I just wanted to be able to to come from my perspective on things, um, unless I have someone on the show with me. Of course, I wanted to hear their perspective, which I did have two individuals featuring on two different episodes. Um, but for for me, I wanted to be able to just come from how I felt. It's kind of like you know, often we don't get to really express truly how we feel about situations or things because it's not really anybody else's business or nobody else really cares because it's just my two cents um so that's what i wanted to talk to trade to be it's my platform it's me it's my show um so if you're listening you're going to be hearing what i feel and what i have to say but then also i also wanted to be able to say that okay well this is what i what i, what I heard you know these are conversations that i had with people who had these experiences um and so that's what i wanted to be and then with with um with the wine up of course i wanted to be able to have those conversations those open when 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 maurice when when alexis maurice and i try to do the show we we basically try to pivot and talk and bounce off of each other like we often have differences of opinion about different topics and it's and sometimes we often agree but most of the times it's a difference of opinion and so what we try to do is of course is try to show that and display that in a way where it's his opinion my opinion and then what he think other people think or what i think other people think and that's the difference so so of course it's two different it's two different types of things because with with with, um, the wind up is it's basically a back and forth 
So we, when, we, when we're talking, it's not really us just talking about a topic and we're agreeing on. It's literally what we try to do is make sure we have topics where I feel different, something different, and he feels different. So it gives those differences opinion so that it gives the listeners something to basically say, hmm, Trey, you know what? That made sense. Or Alexis Maurice, that made sense. I didn't see it that way, you know? And so that's what we try to do. We try to make sure the topics we talk about is where we're going to make sure we have a difference of opinion so we can have two opinions. And then with the talks, like I said, with talks with Trey, it's just, just me. You know, it's just how I feel about a topic and or in or what I've heard or discussed with other individuals. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. I'll make sure. What is the craziest thing that you think that Maurice has said on the wine up? The craziest thing that he said? Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, the craziest thing that he has said on the lineup. I don't know because I'm often the one that says the crazy shit, and he'd be like, Trey, You're like, oh, um, <laughs> I think one time we were, I, I think, and I, and I could this could have been on camera or this could have been off camera, but I think we were talking about um, like dating or relationship or something. And it kind of got, I don't know if it was on camera, but I think it was. It kind of got like a little heated because we were talking about how, um, so I'm gonna ask you this. Well, I'm gonna say this. So if 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 I break up with somebody, my friends break up with the person too, basically. That's how I feel. He doesn't feel like that, that that's the case. He felt like um, the, if I break up with him, I should still, if you break up with them, I should still be able to, you know, hang out with them and talk to them. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. If I break up with somebody, my friends break up with them too. And I think that the craziest thing was on the show, I think he probably said was like, he still, he would still um, hang out with that person as my ex. He's, I felt like he's, that's the only thing that's jumping out at me, but I know if he said other crazy things, but that's the thing that's, that's jumping out at me because that was like really something that bothered me. But we talked about it, we good. We good. But y'all don't 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 be don't be friends with your friend's ex. Like if your if your friend break up with that person, you broke up with him too. You heard that first here, live. <laughs> <laughs> I am of a couple minds. Okay. I'm of a couple minds when it comes to this. Because to me there's specifics that go into it. Um I feel like if you had mutual friends throughout the course of the relationship, like if like if they were truly y'all friends, mm-hmm. then they need to figure that out themselves. I'm talking about the friends. Like they can either choose or not choose. That's on them. Mm-hmm. But if you came into the relationship with friends, like it's like money and property. What you came in with is what you walk out with. Right. So if you brought your friends in here, you you take their ass right the fuck on out with you. Right. New shit. Mm-hmm. Now if we were friends that like if we was in a friend group together and then all of a sudden we started fucking around and then now we're the couple in this friend group, that's different to me. Mm-hmm. That's like the exception to the rule. I understand that. If these was my friends when I met you. Don't be fucking around with my friends when, when, when we break up. Them ain't your friends. Right. They're my friends. 
and y'all just cordial. If you see him out, speak. That's that. it. That. It's very that. I ain't saying be rude. I ain't saying shun them. I ain't saying block them on Instagram. I'm just right. saying, like, <laughs> them, like, bitch, them ain't your friends. Them ain't your them friends. Through me. Let them go. Let them go. Let them let go. Let me go, and you let them go with me. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm glad, I'm glad we could agree to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> circumstantial to me. It definitely is. It definitely is. He now, said other he said other crazier things, but I just can't think of um anything crazier. If I think of something, I will come back to it and tell you. Love that. So what is the craziest thing you've said? Oh God. Um, since you brought it up. So if you listen to the show, I'm I'm gonna just use I'm gonna just say this. I'm, I'm gonna use this one. Um, if you listen to the show at the beginning of episodes, Alexis Maurice would do an opening. You know, he'll tell, you know, he'll tell the listeners and the viewers, make sure you like us on, you know, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Instagram. And my crazy ass, I'd be like, yeah, like us on also Jack, Tinder, um, Grinder, Hub. You know, and I, and I tell him, you know, you got to broaden your horizon. You can't just stop at, you know, something. You got to put them all out there, you know. You better get full promotion. So subscribe to the OnlyFans. <laughs> right. I'm about to create OnlyFans. It ain't gonna be nothing but talks to Trey. Y'all gonna get gagged. Y'all gonna get gagged. It is it's gonna be listen, wind up. It's gonna be wind up and talks to Trey or OnlyFans. Listen, I have considered doing an OnlyFans if I ever do get a full blown platform uh-huh. where like people just watch me do my interviews, mm-hmm. but I'm like underwear. Like I've thought about it. Okay. I, now I wouldn't be naked because I actually have an eight-year-old daughter and I ain't got time for my dick to be swinging on the internet. Right, we like, don't want that. Not that I would be ashamed of it, like, 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 I, like, I, like, I, I would claim it and be like, yeah, that's my dick. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's yeah, me. That's, yeah, that's me. But, um, <laughs> but that's just not something I want to have to explain to my child. Like, Absolutely. not. I ain't trying to have that conversation. Nah, you know what I mean? But anyway, but yeah, I would totally be in a nice piece of savage Fenty. Okay. You know, sitting up in my nice piece of savage with a wide shot. So uh, tell me about the hardest time in your life. In my life? No, I'm saying like, like that would be me on the oh. only gate <laughs> wide with some nasty drawers on. So tell me about your childhood. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Be like, yeah, that's what. Like. Why you're wearing this? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, get ten thousand followers, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> but speaking of, what has been the hardest talk to have with Trey? The hardest talk to have with me. Mm-hmm. What's been the hardest episode of your podcast to film? Um, it probably would have to be the. You know, while I was while I was recording it, um, it wasn't the hardest, but after after I recorded it, it was hard. Um, the mental health, mm-hmm. um, and I say that because uh, I've been at a point in my life. You know, it ain't always been yellow roses and you know sunshine. Um, I've had I've had times where I was depressed and. And I remember earlier in the show, I said that there was an individual who told me, and her name is Brandy. We all know Brandy, the vocal Bible. 
Um, she told yeah. me she told me that she said, Trey, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on, what you're going through, but just remember at the end of that tunnel there's a light. And I have to remember that um constantly that that's a struggle that people go through, mental health. You, you see so many so often that people are committing suicide and it's some of the people who make us laugh so much. And that was me. I, I've been in that place before where I wanted to take my life because of just what was going on. Um, and so when I recorded the episode about mental health, it was really me just being able to encourage people to just keep going because I've been there. I don't know what your struggle is, but I know what a struggle is. Um, what made it so difficult was because probably maybe a couple days later um a friend of mine from Atlanta Georgia he committed suicide um and it was so it was so tough because he he was very known on social media and people he did nothing but make everybody around him laugh it is it's he was the person you can count on to be late at a party but be the last one to leave you know um and it was tough because it was like I felt like damn maybe if you would have heard my episode a couple days a couple days earlier like maybe i would have been able to help maybe not because you know sometimes you can't bring people back from that but maybe you know um and so that was tough for me because i was on that episode i was talking from an experience and also trying to be encouraging to people who are listening but then to have a friend of mine take his life uh, it was tough it was tough and i and i encourage anybody who we're all gonna i'm gonna say this we're gonna all go through dark days there's not one point in anybody's life that doesn't go through a dark day a dark time but always remember that you were brought into this world for a reason whether it was to make people laugh whether it was to make people cry whether it was to create art whether it was to drive people around no matter what it was you was brought into this world and there's no reason that you should want to take your life um for what you feel like you got going on. Because like she said, there is a light at the end of that tunnel. You just gotta make it through the tunnel. Just gotta make it through the tunnel. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the most rewarding episode that you've recorded of your podcast so far. Um, The most rewarding one probably would have to be the one about ghosting um and i say that because i'm one of the individuals that i've been ghosted more often recently than you than people would think and people would say and i'm saying this in the most humble way i could people would say you being ghosted and i guess it's because they think i'm attractive and then also because i'm a great guy but I had to learn, and I say it's rewarding, but for me, it helped me realize that they weren't ghosting me because of me. They were ghosting me because of themselves. It took me a while to realize why people were ghosting, whether it was because they wanted just sex and they couldn't say that, they said they wanted more, or whether it's because they had, they saw in their life that they wasn't at a level I was at, so they went and matched to me, or because they just felt like they were just at a point in their life where they just really wasn't ready to be with somebody and they just wanted to do what they wanted to do. I don't know, but that was rewarding to me because I was able to actually sit there and say, you know what, damn. And then when I, after I did it, I got so much feedback from people who have been ghosted and people who, who um, actually have been a ghoster, who have ghosted people. So when I saw their perspective, I was like, wow, okay, so it's not me. So in a way of it of rewarding me was me realizing because I was starting to think that, damn, what the fuck did I do? Like, what, what, what's wrong with me? 
I really started getting to that point. But after talking to people and, and realizing, I was like, you know what? It ain't me. It was them. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with an individual who's supposed to be an adult, not be able to express themselves because they're, I don't know, whatever their mind is. I'm not going to take anybody's mind or mental health, but um, that's just what, what they what they got going on. And so for me, it was rewarding because I was able to actually sit and say, it wasn't me. It was them. So they helped me get that off my chest, thinking that it was me. Yeah. I absolutely love that for you. Thank you. Thank you. Because for a while, I was like, damn, T, what you did? What you got going on? Like, I would, I would even talk to my mom about it. Am I the drama? Like <laughs> I the drama? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a bit dramatic. Um, and that just comes from my background. Um, but thank God the person that I'm currently with now can deal with it. Because, I mean, he's just as dramatic as me, too, honestly. But it's okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's more dramatic than me. But um, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. But I I, I I got to a point where I was able to say, you know what, it wasn't me. And that, that's why it was rewarding to me. Yeah. So I'm not I would just like start playing Shaggy in the background. Right. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. You took it back. Come on, Shaggy. Listen, I'm... Shaggy was that guy. Music ain't like it used to be, okay? I'm 45. Like, what do you want from me? Music ain't like it used to be. I got a whole playlist created. I got to create a playlist created to, and it's, it's, the title of it is Growing Up in a Black Household. So it's like songs that we used to hear on Saturday morning when dad or mom was cooking breakfast, you know? Yes. Oh my God. All the boys to men, all the candy pain, all the soul for real. Yes. All and of the, the beat. And the Anita. All the Anita Baker, all of the all of the Patty, all of the new attitude. Shout out to New Attitude. Hey Patty. Shout, out to, new, shout out to New Attitude. Patty. Patty. Wherever you are right now. Thank Patty. you. Yes. Thank you, Patty. We love you, uh, Patty. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, a long time ago, and I actually have this tattoo on my arm. Um I have a microphone, a microphone on my arm. It actually looks like the old MSNBC microphone um, that that says L and T on it. Um, I, I was always the type of one person I was like, you know, struggling with the fact of thinking what if if what I am doing is too good enough. Um, and my father told me when I was about maybe like 16 years old, he was like, son, if you want to be good at anything, you have to have a love for it and you have to have time for it. And it stuck with me because I'm one of the type of person that I feel like if I want something to be successful, I have to love it, right? You, 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 want, you have to love what you do. Absolutely. And then, and then to, to, for it to be successful, I have to make time for it. That's just like in anything, you know, a job, a relationship, you have to make time for that person. You have to make time for your craft. And so that advice that he gave me stuck with me because I think that it didn't just help me with anything that I could do, like talks to Trey, or if I am, you know, writing, writing, because I like to write as well. But even it, take, it reminds me of just stuff like with work. Like, I'm never going to put myself in a job where I don't love it, you know, and so I don't, that I'm going to make time for. And so just like a relationship, I'm not going to be with somebody that, I, that I, I can't love and make time for. So when I was 16 years old, for my dad to tell me 
son to be great at anything you have to have love for it and you have to have time for it that stuck with me and so that probably is one of the best pieces of advice that i receive because i take it with me in any and everything that i do shout out to pops for giving that advice love you dad oh to pops (laughs) dad yeah now what about the worst piece of advice you ever received what's 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 something that somebody told you that you look back and you're like oh hell no i'm glad i didn't do that uh shit i probably did it honestly and it was still it was still horrible advice um (laughs) (laughs) so i was 22 years old at this time and i was in a committed relationship Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have those arguments with your partner and, you know, you're just like, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, I, I I would hang around people. Very specific. Huh? That blah, blah, blah. And that whatever, whatever sounded very specific. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it I hope so. Oh, shit. So, no, I was in a, I was in a relationship for three and a half years. And. Uh, whenever, whenever we would have disagreements, so let's say for example, I would, I would go and hang around people, you know, friends or whatever, and at, at the school, it was at, it was at a college, I would hang around with, with friends and stuff like that. And one of the advices was that I was told to live my life, and I'm young, and if the person I was with wasn't, you know acting right or you know wasn't making you happy just hang out with whoever you want to hang out with and my dumb ass listen my dumb ass started hanging around people and my dumb ass started hanging around an individual who likes me and and it just created a whole bunch of drama mm-hmm. and so I would say that I should not have hung around I should not have took that advice to hang around people who I knew liked me while I was in relationship because that's how you start drama. And I will say I did I did emotionally get attached to other individuals whenever I was kind of like, you know, like in a bad space with my boyfriend at the time. Um, but I shouldn't have listened to that advice. I should listen to myself and I should stay in my ass at home or went to my family house instead of hanging out with people who I knew liked me. And that was a piece of advice that was sold to me. And I think honestly, and I always say this because growing up at that time, um, we I didn't really have older people to you know give me advice on on this lifestyle you know on dating the same sex and um that's why for me i think it's important for me to you know when i meet people who are younger than me be like a big brother you know because i want to i want to be able to give them my two cents or what i what i experience and what i think is wrong or right and and i didn't have that i didn't have that him and i didn't have that when we were together and i think we've been better off if we did have that um so the worst advice I would be, and I don't know if that person who gave me this advice will ever listen. Um, I don't know if that person even is still alive, to be honest with you. Um, but if you are and you happen to come across this, don't ever tell anybody else that shit again. Don't tell nobody to go hang around people who you know gonna like them if they're in a committed relationship. Don't y'all do that. Don't do that. Mm-mm. That ain't right. Horrible advice. So... <laughs> Shout out to your ex. Uh-huh. Shout out. <laughs> right. Shout out to your ex. That's hey. right. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you mama doing? Hey. <laughs> and f- fuck your friend. Because you want to that. Yeah. 
I'm actually still cool with that ex. Um, we're, 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 we're still cool. So. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I mean, we were together for almost four years. Me and his family did holidays and everything together, you know, so, you know, we're gonna always, we're gonna, we were each other's first love. So um, it is what it is. I wish him nothing but the best. He wishes him nothing but the best. Um, he's a great guy and I'm a great guy. So it is what it is. You better throw in. I'm a great guy. <laughs> you know, I just got. I got to put that out there. You know, I got to put that out there. You sound like Bone Clayton. I still go shopping with his mom. <laughs> uh, his mom still loves me. His family still loves me. Like I saw them um, when I went back home uh, for I think for Thanksgiving 2021. Yeah. I didn't see them at all last year because I only went home twice last year for my best friend's wedding and then to see my dad. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Long before I get you in trouble. Hey boyfriend. Hey boyfriend. <laughs> current boyfriend. Hey current boyfriend. Hey boo. Uh, nah, I ain't, I ain't gonna get into trouble. You know, you, you know what's up. You know what's up. You know what's up. Yeah. He, 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 you know that. You know. What's but up. a big head don't know what's up. Let me just move on. Before okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's your ultimate goal in the podcasting space? Um, to be a voice for those who don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people want to be heard, but don't know how to be heard. And so I want to be that person who can be heard for them. So that is, that is what I want to do because there's so many people who, um, you know, who, vocally or don't know how to vocalize how they feel about certain things and so like i have conversations with people like some of my topics come from like conversations that i have with people and and i was like all right well let's talk about it you know let's talk about it you know i talk about what they stand there i'm like what the fuck what what like if i completely don't understand what the fuck they talking about like you know like doesn't make no sense i'm like oh shit i gotta talk about this on talk to train you know so um i'm gonna be the word like that episode i have with um polyamorous relationships mm-hmm. that all came from a conversation that i was having with um, some individuals who I will not name, but they came with some conversations I had with some individuals. And I'm gonna tell you, I was like, what, what? And I, I'm not against anybody living their life the way they're gonna live it. But maybe I'm not gonna share or, or and, and when I did the episode, I did research and there's different stages to that shit. There's different stages. Oh, there's definitely levels to polyamory. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow, shout out to these people and shout out to me learning something new every day, right? But. Oh, we can have a whole conversation about that because it, it should listen. I'll say something that's probably going to shock you. Go ahead. I'm listening. I've been with my husband for almost 12 years, mm-hmm. going on 13 years. We've been married for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I've literally, like we met when, when we were 19, we're 31 now. Like it's been. It took me being married all of this time to actually discover that I could actually engage in a polyamorous situation. Now, once again, there are levels and stages to that. That's not an active situation that I'm in, that I'm engaged in in the moment because I discovered that part of myself after I was already married. So the mm-hmm. dynamic of my relationship are already set and I respect that. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not even necessarily looking to change the dynamics of my relationship, but I did discover that if I wasn't in the situation I was in, there are alternative ways of going about relationships that I would be willing to explore. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. It, 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 we could have a whole conversation about polyamory for sure one day. We could totally have a whole nother conversation about that. I'm going to go back and listen to that episode when we dealt with this for sure. Yeah, you do that. And we, and like I even talked with, with him about like, you know, we, we've, we've both agreed that we couldn't do polyamorous relationships, but we have discussed where we, you know, if we do happen to have someone else, um, join us then it would be somebody completely who we don't know probably in a whole another state maybe another mm-hmm. country you know so you know you know keeping in contact so you know those things have been discussed good see, see that's cute for y'all i couldn't intermingle my polyamory that's my like i would have to have completely separate relationships like for me it's not like oh if i have a primary and you know, I want to explore something else. We we gonna bring somebody in. Like I'm not that person. Like if I am able to 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 connect with somebody else, it would be completely outside of my situation over here. Like 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 it would be completely different situations, and they wouldn't connect with each other. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because for me, the overlap. Because for me, the overlapping is what brings in the mess. Like, it's like, like now it's too much going on. It's too much body heat. It's too much body fluids. It's too many people in the room. It's just, no, it's a bit much for me. Understand. Makes sense. That's respectable. Yeah, like, I would rather just keep the things separate and let people serve whatever purpose in my life that they serve without overlapping what this other person contributes to my overall happiness it's a thing like i'll let the puzzle pieces fall where they may but puzzle pieces aren't meant to overlap do you get what i'm saying yeah definitely do so how does the long-lasting impression that you want to make on the podcasting industry compare to the impression that you want to leave on the theater and the acting world um, so the impression I want to keep with the with the podcasting world is basically, like I said, is just being able to um, be a voice that can be heard for others. Um, as far as theater or the acting world, I just want to be remembered as being able to make people laugh, um, being able to make people think of that character that I played and being able to say, like, I still have people to this day who hates Marcus. Marcus is a, a character that I play in a, on an indie film who was an abusive, cheating husband. Um, he sounds like an asshole. It's, yeah. it's always the nigga named Marcus. Always the Marcus. It's always the fucking Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I had a wife with a child and um, then I had a mistress and she ended up getting pregnant. And it, it was a great, it was a great, great experience for me because we started filming in Charlotte, North Carolina and then we started, we, we concluded filming in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it did very well. It has like over, I think like over almost 2 million views on YouTube right now. Um, and the impact that I want to be able to leave with that is just being able to let people remember the character that I played, whether I was making them laugh, whether I was making them cry, whether I was making them want to push me down a flight of stairs. Um, I always want to just 
have people remember that character for who he is and what he did. And for the podcast, I just want to be able to leave that I am that voice for people who are afraid to be a voice or can't be a voice. I love that. Thank you. Of course. Sure. What keeps you up at night? Hmm? What keeps you up at night? Twitter or Instagram. That's a goddamn shame. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it is not like a freak Twitter or a freak Instagram. It's really like just videos, funny stuff. Like I feel like laughter is just such such healing. Well, actually, these days, no, my bae, he keeps me up at night, honestly. But um, because we're in a long distance relationship and we have okay. to make it work. So we make it work the way we make it work. Um, oh. And so he is the way either keeps me up at night or videos of funny shit that keeps me up at night. I am a firm believer that like of, of laughter. Um, and if you want to sleep, if you go to sleep laughing, you're going to have a good night's sleep. You also probably can tell Alexa to play like the sound of like the rain or something and that'll help. But yeah. keeping me up at night is either him or those videos. I'm telling you, I'll be on Instagram or on Twitter looking at uh, funny stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. All night long. All night long. Yeah. All of that. You kind of threw me off though when you said freak Instagram. People have freak Instagram? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure that's what people didn't think it's so. Because, you know, people, when I say up all late all night, you like, you got freak Twitter or freak Instagram. So I don't know. Well, so I mean, like, like, I'm, like, I'm not judging nobody. I don't kink shame around here unless you're kink, <laughs> kink shaming. <laughs> you shame the fuck out of you. But, right. uh, yeah, like, 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 if I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, more than likely I'm reaching for my phone to reach for freak Twitter. No shade, but yeah. <laughs> like, like, I like somebody told me the other day, people is posting a whole ass private parts on Facebook now. I was like, is nothing sacred anymore? Really, on Facebook? Thank That's supposed you. to be for the family and the old coworkers <laughs> and people you went to school with. That was my reaction. I was like, not for your grandma. Right. To see your whole coochie bone. Mm-mm. Never would have made family. it. Never would have made it. Mm-mm. Wow. They gonna be laying you at the altar down to the family reunion chair. Right. Ain't gonna be dragging you too. Dragging. Ooh, remember, my when he, remember when he posted that on Facebook? Girl, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. You got all your little cousins in a hot ass rush. Look, right. sit down somewhere. Come on. Get, cut it out. Please go in the house. Go in the house showing all that shit on Facebook. Go in the log off. Give me a pound. <laughs> Give me a pound. <laughs> log off for me. Log off. Delete the app. Just Please. delete the whole app. Delete the whole damn app. Forget your iCloud password. <laughs> 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 oh my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> What has being in the entertainment industry, whether it be your acting career or your podcasting career, taught you about people? Mm. So, I would have to say, and um, I mean this in the most respectful way to anyone that I have worked with or around, don't feel attacked if you hear this, but... um, I honestly have to, I would have to say that you really cannot trust everybody. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt 
and try to sure. give people 100% trust until they do something to make me think that I cannot trust them. Um, and I've been in the situations. I lived in Atlanta for four years and I had moved there, you know, build my resume and do some acting here and there. And that industry in Atlanta is just like, it's, it's, it's so many people just try to be against each other rather than together. And I always use like Eddie Murphy, for an example. You think about Eddie Murphy, um, it's always him and Arsenio Hall in the movie together. You know, he's always those people. Or Ben Stiller and um, Adam Sandler. You know, they they're fr they they make sure that their, their boys are covered. You know, in the in one of their movies, in majority of their movies. And when I and that's the kind of stuff. I, that's the kind of thing that I wanted. But when I when I but I noticed in this industry, these people no, they 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 not trying to do that. They want to they want to fight over roles, or they want to you know make you know make somebody they want to be better than the next person of course we all want to be better than i don't i don't ever want to be better than the next person i always want to be better than my previous self um and that's just how how i am um and i found out like you just really can't trust everybody because everybody's really not about you like they claim they are some people are just there to just really make themselves make themselves better or benefit off of you mm, yeah what have you learned about yourself from having these very open conversations in a public forum? Um, about myself? Mm hmm That I am, that I'm, that I'm more of, I'm more caring because I, when I do this, I think about how it would affect other people um, and what it's gonna, what it's gonna do to people so when i go into topics and i talk about stuff i try to be mindful of how it's going to impact someone else who's maybe listening um so it, it showed me that I'm, a, I'm more caring than i thought i was um because i thought i was going to come here just like blah, blah 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 like you know this is what it is this one is that and i'm like no i gotta be mindful of listeners i gotta be mindful of what other people it also taught me and it showed me that i am more vocally open than i thought i was because for me, whenever I was on stage, I was on stage portraying a cast, you know, portraying a role. Um, but this, doing this with, with um, Alexis Maurice and doing this talks to Trey, it allowed me to see that, um, no, I'm actually myself and I can do this by being myself. Um, so it just taught me that, honestly. I love that. Mm -hmm. Describe the moment that you'll feel like you've made it. When, when I feel like I've made it? Mm-hmm. What does that moment look like for you? As an actor, it would be maybe a recurring role on a sitcom. Okay. Um, well, I can't say that because I did that already. Mm. Well, maybe maybe in a bigger light because I was on Oprah's Green Leaf and I was in the um I was part of the um the choir. Nice. And and that was recruiting. That was recruiting. I was in um six episodes. But it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a prominent role. So, you know, it was just choir member. Um congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um so but I would want to do something where it's more like I, my, my role is more known um, even if it's something even if it's a BET you know even if it's on BET you know I, it, it don't matter I want to be able to say that okay I was on this sitcom and I was I was on this show and you can go back and look at it you can go back and look at that you can go do this blah 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 like I want to be able to do that um, and say say that I was on like a 
a, a good, you know, weekly show. I'm trying to get on Abbott Elementary, but that's not, you know, there. Um, but that's Put how I think. Huh? Put it in the universe. Quinta. Yeah, okay. Cheryl. Grabbing your fancies, the movie theater skit. A large. Uh, <laughs> he got money. Give him everything. Yes. Damn it. yes. I've been supporting you since then, girl. Let me get on this show. Please. And thank Please. you. Por favor. Okay. Yeah, I think that's when I feel like I am. I, I've made it. That's awesome. Do you think you found yourself yet? Mm-hmm. I have. Um, I found myself um, a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I say that because, you know, throughout my life, I went through different through, through different jobs. You know, um, I had worked at Sprint for almost seven years. And then I went, then I went over to like financing with Wells Fargo and insurance with State Farm. But, you know, I found my niche, which is real estate and property management. I'm great at it. Um, that helped me find myself in a way where I'm able to do things that I didn't think I was able to do. Um, and so that helped me really grow into who I am today. A lot, a lot, yeah. Okay. What does the person you've become today tell your younger self in retrospect? Um, I would have to say, only thing I it's actually appreciation. I'm to mm-hmm. my, my older self would tell my younger self, "Thank you for not giving up," because there were many times where I wanted to give up. So my older self is thankful that my younger self didn't give up. Very nice. Very nice. What is the yeah. biggest conception about you? The biggest, the biggest conception? What's the biggest misconception about you? Oh, that I'm conceited. Work. Yeah, people think that I am because I'm I'm tall, I'm light-skinned, I have tattoos. Uh, people think that I'm stuck up and I'm conceited, and I'm not. I'm, I'm actually more. Um, I, I, I've actually, actually, and, and I'll tell you, I'll share this with you. Um, I used to not want to be light skinned. I used to want to be dark skinned um, because there were so many times where I saw that, and and it's it's easier to say because you know in this in this lifestyle, a lot of gay men like they say, oh, I want a dark skinned man, blah, blah blah blah. You know, they want this and that because they feel like a dark skinned man is going to do them better. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I used to actually, when I was younger, growing up, I used to like, man, I want to be, I want to be dark skinned. I don't be light skinned because only thing that people wanted us for was sex. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. being a light skinned man. Um, so the biggest misconception about me really is that people think that I got hoes and that I'm conceited and I don't, I don't at all. I don't have hoes and I'm not conceited. I'm not stuck up. Mm-mm. Far from it. Absolutely absolutely love that for you it's amazing how wide the diaspora of experience is when it comes to colorism in the black community mm-hmm. yikes yep it's true and it does exist it, it and it exists on so many levels like 
the fact that there are so many different types of experiences that all fall under the same colorism umbrella and people still try to deny that that shit exists like go watch school days and grow the fuck up Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you want to be remembered I would love to be remembered as someone who allowed people no, I'm gonna say it this way. I only remember as somebody who who made people laugh. Mm-hmm. My my goal is always to make people laugh. Even like even the guy I'm with now, I, I had to remind him. Like sometimes he would think I t- I'm, I'm being serious about things. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really joking. Like it takes it takes a lot for me to get mad. So I always want people to remember that I was always the one that's just trying to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Humor. Humor, humor just, you'd always like, I'll go to work and I'll tell my staff and I'd be like, today's gonna be a great day. And if and, and I don't give a damn if y'all get mad about something, you better laugh it off because it's gonna be a good day. I'm always trying to encourage people to laugh. Always trying to give encourage people to to um, remember that it's not that deep, it's not that serious. Uh, so I wanna be remembered as the one who always encourage people and make people laugh. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, bringing this interview full circle, now that you've had a little time, mm-hmm. when did you discover your gift of gab? Um, it probably, it probably was gonna have to be in, um, I think it might have been eighth grade, mm-hmm. ninth grade. Um, I I joined um, debate love join debate and it was because it was honestly because i love to argue um and and i realized in debate you can't really just argue you gotta have factual shit and you you gotta be able to articulate and you gotta be able to um you know come across with a fact that's gonna make people say oh okay i'm gonna go with what he said so i joined debate and i was all over the place when i joined debate honestly I, i was just talking but as I got, as I, if I, as I remember, as I can, if I can remember right, I would get better by listening to the way other people debated. And I, and I realized, I realized that, so this is what I'm supposed to be doing because nobody was telling me, nobody was teaching me. I was just learning from watching, which is how I did a lot of things. Like I learned to drive from watching. I learned how to cook from watching, you know, so those are the things. So I think it was, I think, I honestly think it was eighth grade going into my ninth grade because every because our eighth grade school basically was transitioned over to the ninth grade um that's really when i learned my gift basically by by doing that debate by learning my how to be articulate with, with this and how to be able to express this without being disrespectful in this way so it would i would have to say it would be ninth grade is when i when i found out and i continued to practice so I can be better to be able to express because I needed it to even be an actor. Um, it helped me to be able to portray a role this way or that way because this person needed to talk this way or this person had to express something this way. So I would have to say my ninth grade, my ninth grade year. Yeah, you would have thought earlier, but it was ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> my last question for you before I release you back into the wild. Okay. Is, where can people find you 
what's next for you and all the things that you'd like to promote um you can find me on all, all of my social medias as far as my twitter and my instagram are the same um it's going to be that which is t-h-a-t underscore guy g-u-y underscore trey t-r-e-i um for me as far as what's coming of course continue my uh, my podcast talks with trey which is going to be on all platforms which is anchor spotify and also apple Podcasts. um you just type in talks with trey and also more of alexis my recent i doing the wine up that can be found on youtube and then also our instagram the wine up um and then i am going to be um many people don't know this yet but i'll go ahead and share um i'm going to be doing a casting call here soon probably like march to april for my web series my web series which is called crash this is this has been my baby for for years now um i started i started it actually years ago when i lived living in atlanta had a full cast we had filmed our um our uh, trailer we filmed the first first two episodes um but then it just all fell to shits because cast members were sleeping together and it was just it was just too much so um i'm i'm rebranding it i'm revamping it um i had a meeting or two with a couple of videographers about filming it here in houston um and so um i'm gonna be looking for some actors and actresses for it here in houston um in houston area I don't want to say Dallas because I tried to talk to some guy who lived in Dallas and it's just conflict. It's going to be a conflict of filming. So um, that is, should be happening within March, April. Um, and then if you follow my Instagram, you'll be able to see something else that I'll be having come that I will that will be coming. But I'm not going to put it out there yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. All righty. And on that note, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in. And I want to extend a special, special thank you to my guest, Trey Hollywood, for blessing the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, my pleasure. And I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening, tuning in. And make sure y'all share. You know, you always got to share. You got to tell them to share. Absolutely. And I... I always try to tell them, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all of the things, the things, the things, the things that mm-hmm. your favorite creators and YouTubers tell you to do on their platforms. Do it, but do it twice over here. Right. But yes, absolutely. Thank you. Make sure you guys tune in, share, subscribe to The Wine Up, Talks with Trey. Follow him on Instagram. Follow The Wine Up. Follow Talks with Trey. Follow up. Uh, follow Alexis Maurice friend of the show and Trey make sure you come back anytime will do thank you so much for having me I will be back I love this type of energy and just exchanging these type of um, you know interest and dialogue is always you know great so yeah I will be back appreciate it absolutely thank you now I want to remind all of you guys as I do every episode to be real stay in reality and always always bring the realness I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message and misbehave yourselves. Peace. Peace. Bye, guys.